I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. live from Las Vegas Tuesday, day after Monday Night Football. What a game. What a weekend. It's 6 Eastern, 3 o'clock here in Vegas. Joined in studio, one of the pros who know, Brad Powers, Fezzik on a study day, Ken Thompson, another CFB expert, will be in shortly. Sports batters listen for the money. Sports fans listen to know more than their buddies. My personal promise, we will deliver the Vegas truth to you. But you can't have pros without Joes. We've got a Joe, Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And we start on a Tuesday here on Straight Out of Vegas with a wild one in the Bay Area last night on Monday Night Football. A great NFC West matchup. It took overtime, and it was the Seattle Seahawks knocking the 49ers from the ranks of the unbeaten with a 27-24 win. What a game. What a game. Now, first, let's use Vegas to help us understand how unlikely 
this upset was Seattle's win. On one hand, they were six, six and a half point underdogs. So in general, almost a touchdown dog. Wouldn't expect Seattle to win the game all that often. But if you dig in, it's even more impressive what Seattle has done. So let's look at all undefeated NFL teams, like San Fran was, and let's go 6-0 or better. All right, so you're 6-0 or better, and you have a positive turnover margin. That's it. That's the only conditions. Now, turnover margin is something we talk about again and again. It's not discussed enough by the mainstream media We've said oftentimes you win the turnover battle, you win the game against the spread 77% of the time. It's that simple. I mean, this is like better than three out of four. You exceed expectations if you just win that turnover battle. So now we're saying we have an undefeated team, San Francisco, better than 6-0, and and they actually won the turnover battle. It was 4-3 to plus one for San Fran. Since 1990, those teams, 66 wins, 6 losses. Think about that. That's 92% of the time you have a team like San Fran undefeated and they win the turnover battle, they win 92% of the time straight up. They didn't win here. Seattle did. It's that impressive that they did. So it's time for me to admit I was wrong about Seattle. I've been preaching pretty much from day one. This is a team that won some close games, some coin flips. Russell Wilson has a lot of love in the media was what I feel. I still feel that. You think back to that Cincinnati game. I know it's one game. Oh, wow. I know it's week (laughs) one. In Seattle, Cincinnati had that game. Yep. I mean, it's almost incomprehensible. Yep. I mean, you look at the Cincinnati team. Did I get too caught up in that game? I don't think so. Because if you look through the schedule, a lot of spots that weren't particularly impressive. The question I've been asking since people questioned me about Seattle, it's like, RJ, you're wrong. It's like, well, what's the impressive win? And haven't really had an answer. But, but now we certainly do. Now we certainly do. That said, let's dig into the game. I'm R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas. I think it starts with Russell Wilson. The Herd, Colin, started his show today all about Russell Wilson. In fact, we got MVP odds, right? Yep. Updated MVP odds in the NFL. Go. Russell Wilson is your MVP favorite. Two to one, Russell Wilson. Followed all right, qu- so two to one is in $2 wins you a dollar? No, uh, $100 wins you 200 All right, so, yep. oh, I'm sorry, 2-1 two two to one. One payout. Yep. And then who's number two? Lamar Jackson, plus 250. All right, so we're talking really yes. a battle. 100 wins you 200 on Russell Wilson, 100 wins you 250, Lamar Jackson. Who's third? Deshaun Watson, 6-1. to one. Okay, so we got the two big favorites up there. Yep. So we would think, wait a minute, we've got Russell Wilson off the win of the season so far. And, wow, he must have played really well. Well, if you look now, 24-34, 232. Okay, that's all fine. QBR, 41. Wow. So, by definition, the QBR is supposed to be a percentage distribution. 
So it's saying Russell Wilson, the way he played, and it does account for strength of competition. Let's keep that in mind, QBR does. Saying 41% of quarterbacks would have done worse and the rest would have done better. So below 50. Okay, now we can say, well, QBR isn't great. We can say it's one game, but isn't that the game we're all impressed by? I don't know. So let, let's, let's go to Jonas on that one. When we look at Russell Wilson and look at the numbers, not super impressive last night. The win, super impressive. What did you take away, Jonas, from Russell Wilson? He's just durable. It's the same thing he's been doing in Seattle forever and ever, to where you look at the stats and maybe they don't blow you away. He's not Patrick Mahomes with all these 400-yard passing games, but he's always seemingly in a game late or with a chance to win. For majority of his career in Seattle, He just he's durable. He stands the test of time. He's been beaten up by that defense early on. They got after him, and there he was, scrambling around making plays late when they needed him. Uh, two two takeaways from what you're saying. One, let's acknowledge one thing which is true and not really easy to account for in the stats. Running the ball as a quarterback, if you're mobile, is very, very effective. By the same token, if you run the ball often, you can't be sustainable. You can't be durable. Meaning, Namie is someone who runs the ball a bunch as a quarterback – Lamar Jackson is going to be an interesting case in point, yep. but we're talking over multiple years now. We'll see. Russell Wilson is hyper-intelligent when it comes to when to run. What are the high-leverage situations? The very tight games. If he's up by 14, he's not running as much, not near as much. He runs at the end of halves, at the end of games, and he ran in this game 53 yards, six attempts, to run Russell Wilson 53 so almost 10 per and they were high leverage runs so hyper high IQ let's give him a ton of credit and if you're handicapping Seattle ask yourself is this a game he's going to run a bunch in playoff games obviously for sure big division games for sure other games not as much so he is more effective because of his willingness to run in these bigger games. No doubt about it. Now, what Jonas said otherwise, the numbers don't back up. This idea of always uh, you know, playing well in the close games. So we looked at this last week. Russell Wilson's entire career, when he's in a one-score game, meaning the game ends as a one-score game, how Seattle do, because the assumption would be, oh, they're going to do a lot better. They have Russell Wilson. He runs in these high-leverage situations. In his career, they were 52% straight up in games decided by seven points or less. So like one or two extra wins over a coin flip in his whole career. Now, I don't know how to reconcile that. I know the stats guys, the guys that with all they got is the green eye shade, over their eyes, they say there is no clutch. There is no such thing. And year-to-year players that seem to be clutch one year aren't the next. Growing up, you know, I was a teenager in the 80s. Growing up, it was like Joe Montana, cool as ice. I don't know. I don't know. I think that there's something the math isn't measuring. 
but it isn't obvious. Because if it was obvious, we could measure it. So Jonas, I mean, as a fan, as a guy who doesn't pound the calculator all that much, you know, I, I think probably the checkbook, right? When you, <laughs> the end of the month. Yes, of course. It, you've heard all the math, guys. How do you reconcile the, uh, the math guys saying there is no clutch versus, you know, your instincts that Russell Wilson is clutch? Yeah, it's, it's strange because, it, look, the, the numbers obviously don't lie. I just... And maybe it's because I've seen him in these big spots before. But late in that game, I just had more confidence that he was going to come up with a play than, say, Jimmy Garoppolo was. So maybe it's me overreacting to who he was going against in the moment. But I just I'm comfortable with that. If Seattle down. But I don't know how many more quarterbacks you would take in the NFL when you have to have a drive late in the game over Russell Wilson because of his running ability and the fact that he's durable and he's going to buy more often than not make the right play outside of the pick that he threw. Uh, in overtime last night. Yeah, and, and I think to be very specific, the better the quarterback, the more you'd want him late in the game. The question is, if you had a, a group of quarterbacks, let's say, that were comparable across the entire game, is there one that you're going to want more late? I know that our gut feeling is going to tell us, give me Brady. Yep. You know, gut feeling is going to say, give me Montana. The question is, how do you measure that? Because I haven't seen it measured. Though I will say that the ability to run in those high leverage spots, very, very important. But you think it'd show up more in Seattle's numbers. And, 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 and at least with Russell Wilson, and they don't. R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas breaking down Monday Night Football. So we've ascertained an amazing win especially considering Seattle lost the turnover battle. Amazing. Before that, those undefeated teams, San Fran, were 92% in spots where they're undefeated and they win the turnover battle. Seattle overcame that. Number two, Russell Wilson, MVP favorite. Number three, it feels like he's clutch. It feels like there's intangibles there. I'm just not sure how to measure it. Let's look at how bad these offenses were. Yards per play, what does it mean? Every time you snap the ball, how many yards do you gain? All right, Seattle gained 4.6 yards per play. Now, if you looked at that season long, that would rank 29th in the league. The only teams worse on a per-play basis on offense, Bears, Dolphins, Jets. So obviously the competition matters. But offensively, Seattle was 29th or so if they had done this for a season. I mean, it was one game, but if they had done it for a season, they would have ranked 29th. San Francisco gained 3.9 yards per play. Season long, last, dead last. So this was the 29th, effectively, 29th best offense versus the 32nd. And it went over the toll. Yeah. <laughs> so if there's any bad beats out there, it might be over the total was a tough one. Seven turnovers added to the points, obviously. Seattle amazingly had as many plays in overtime as they did the entire first half. 19 plays in overtime. Wow. 19 plays, entire first half. The ringer.com had that stat. Let's go to Garoppolo, though. Wilson obviously didn't have a great game, QBR of 41, but he delivered at the end. Garoppolo, QBR 19. Mm. 19, so better than 19% of quarterbacks. Let's go back to the eye test. 
Jonas, Garoppolo looked shook. Yeah. Uh, it looked like, I, in a weird way, we've got to segue the conversation to the aggression San Fran showed late. Because I believe it was a huge mistake to not play, not for the tie, but not be so aggressive to try to get the win. But with with the fans' eyes, what did you see with Jimmy G? He looks like a guy who hasn't had a lot of starts in the NFL. And right when he was on the, his way to, to become one of these guys who's got a lot of starts in the NFL, he suffered a major knee injury, which, stu- which set him back a little bit. And that really, last night, you can make the case, was the biggest game of Car- Garoppolo's career as a starter because he was always a backup guy in mop-up duties when he was with the Patriots. Sam Fran was way out of the playoffs when he came over and started those final five games and then he got hurt early last year that was the biggest game of his career in that spot and I think he came up small but I don't I understand it based on his track record and sort of where he's at at this point after the after the surgery except he's he's getting paid what 27 mil a year <laughs> good for him well good for him <laughs> but but what I'm saying is and this is what Colin was talking about Baker Mayfield has more starts etc Okay, but obviously if you're sitting there under Belichick, under Brady, it's not as if you're learning nothing. It's not as if those uh, years are meaningless. So I agree with you. You want to just do a, a number of snaps or a number of starts. Garoppolo's like a you know, second-year guy. want to go by chronological age or biological age. You want to go by years in the league. You want to go by his contract. He's not. So I think if you're a 49ers fan, you've got to be concerned. You've got to be concerned because it didn't, wouldn't have taken too much to win that game. Fez actually has one thought on Jimmy G. I love Jimmy G. Nothing. <laughs> some love is unconditional. Some is unconditional. When we come back, I'm going to tell you why this game probably meant more than anyone thought. We thought undefeated team it'd be nice if they won. No, no, no. This baby was huge and I'll tell you why. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. We will get back into Monday Night Football, several layers to a game that could impact the future of the NFC West. Yeah, I think so. It's a, kind of a shocker if you look at the schedule upcoming, which we will. Thanks for joining us every weekday. We broadcast from Vegas, 200 FSR stations nationwide. Also, FoxSportsRadio.com, iHeartRadio app, SiriusXM, and podcast. Just search RJ Bell right now here in Vegas on the Strip. 74 degrees. The neon is pumping. So, RJ, we've been talking about Monday Night Football. It was a classic last night in the Bay Area. A 27-24 win for the Seahawks over the 49ers in overtime. Yes, and we're joined in studio by Ken Thompson. It's Tuesdays with Thompson. College football expert. But if there's one thing we know about Ken, he's got an opinion on everything. (laughs) Let's start there, Ken. Last night's game, main takeaway. Main takeaway was that Seattle's defense could be back. The scoop and score at the end of the first half totally changed the game that San Francisco was in control in. And then you look at Clowney, you look at Diggs coming over. Now you've got some identity to put some big names on that defense to make them more intimidating like they used to be. Yeah, I tell you, that Diggs trade, remember, from the Lions, it was a situation where the Lions defense, this was a guy, Diggs, that wasn't clearly the best player. He wasn't objectively the best player, but he was the captain of the defense. When he left, a lot of complaining in Detroit. Now it feels like he's found a home. And as you said, Clowney for, what, a third-round pick? Yeah. I mean, he, he had perhaps, I think, likely the game of his career. Clowney, fumble recovery for a touchdown. He only had the one sack. But he had five quarterback hits, 10 pressures. Wow. 10 pressures in the game. Very impressive. Now, when you look at the schedule and you see what Seattle has left, what San Fran has left, we could sit and go down the games, and San Fran has two monsters, monster games, one at New Orleans and one at Baltimore, right before New Orleans. Wow. Imagine that back-to-back. Tough, tough, tough. Now, DVOA assesses the schedule going forward 
what do they got? They got Seattle with the fourth toughest schedule moving forward and San Francisco with the eighth toughest schedule. So in the range. Yep. So imagine this. Right now, if they play out evenly, play out evenly, doesn't matter if they lose zero games before they or in, except for when they play each other. So set that game aside. In Seattle, rematch. Or if they lose one each, two each. If they play even in the other games then the division comes down to Seattle at home against San Fran. Seattle is the favorite. Yep. It's unequivocally true. Now, think about this. If San Fran could have just got the tie, it would have been so much more difficult for San Fran to be overtaken, not only by Seattle, but by Green Bay, that's 8-2, and two, Saints 7-2, and two. And the Saints could get a win against them at home. Yep. Imagine that. And if somehow Seattle is able to win that division, win that one extra game, or even win the same amount but win at home, now San Fran is a wild card team. <laughs> Think about that. In theory, they could be 14-2 and two and be a wild card team. Yep. <laughs> it's almost incomprehensible. But if they would have gotten the tie – it effectively is almost like a win because especially in that let's look let's look at the scenario with Green Bay or even New Orleans that's even better cuz they play heads up you get to tie New Orleans beat you you're still ahead of them right yep that half game could be so vital and it's not like a half game in baseball where everyone's got half games at some point this would be everything it'd be almost like what happened except you win every tiebreaker Right, meaning if you lose the game, now you got all these tiebreakers to consider. You get a half a win with a tie. Now you win every tiebreaker. Someone's got to overtake yep. you. I think at that point, San Fran is a monster favored to have a bye, to win the division and have a bye. And now I think they're still favored, but man, it's tight. In fact, we got division odds. These seem, to be honest, a little high for San Francisco. So this is for the NFC West. NFC West, the 49ers still a favorite, minus 200 for the 49ers. Seahawks plus 180. So what this tells me, and listen, I am not backtracking. I was wrong about Seattle. But Brad, you're a professional batter. The only way to explain, they have comparable schedules. Yep. The next matchup's at home for Seattle. If Seattle wins, they have the tiebreaker. The idea that San Fran is going to win this division 66% of the time, minus 200, about that range, could only be if the market still just doesn't think Seattle is even near the class of San Francisco. Yep. What do you think, Jonas? I mean, right now, if I said Seattle, San Fran, neutral field. Seattle. See? Wow. So I'm not sure I agree with that, but I don't agree with the minus two. I think San Fran might be a smidge better, but I don't know it's that much better. It's not a field goal. Maybe it's one point, yeah. point and a half. And remember, San Fran didn't have Kittle. Sanders left with injury. But, I mean, every, you know, every team's going to have a few people hurt every game. Didn't have Robbie Gold either. you got to wonder. Last topic here, R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas. Why did San Francisco play so aggressively late? I mean, Jonas, it strikes me that they had a situation late that it could have been a tie 
or win, a tie or a win for the 49ers, yeah. they got aggressive and they lost the game. Yeah, and also when you put your kicker who you just signed off the street in that spot, it, it felt like they put a little bit too much faith in him when they could have played it differently, run the ball more, milk some more clock. But I think the tie is looked at with such a negative perspective nobody wants a tie you don't want to be in limbo it's just sort of how coaches look at it and I wonder if you were to pin Kyle Shanahan aside now and say if you had to do it all over again would you have just gone for the tie I'll bet his answer would be yes would you agree though that if Shanahan would have said let's play for the tie or win not play for the tie the tie or win which means more conservative play very late in that game that odds are very, very good they could have accomplished it, meaning yeah. they wouldn't have lost the game. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I think so. What ninety? Can we say that a ninety-plus percent chance they wouldn't have lost the game? Yep. With a certain Definitely. approach. And yep. if I if I'm remembering correctly, they had there was a questionable spot to where you know uh, they gave the ball. I forget. It might have been Brita was the running back who you can argue that was a first down, but it was looked at. The call stood, and then they attempted the field goal, which was a long field goal. They get that first down, and then you milk the clock even more, and you can take a different approach but you know there was also a long pass down the sideline by Garoppolo which was curious why they would make that throw in that in that spot in the game Uh, but I think they would have accomplished it uh, had he gone for it yeah to me when it comes to do you get more aggressive to try to get a shorter field goal or not that they have thought about that more than I ever will so I don't tend to question those things what I tend to question here is that literally and let's just be fist poundingly clear about this if what you're trying to do is win a Super Bowl, a tie here is so – I mean, in the standings, a win's one, a tie's a half, a loss is zero. But all ties are not created equal. Given this situation, given where San Fran is or was in the standings, a tie is worth far more than half of a win. Yes. Yep. Far more than half. It's almost like a tie's worth yep. 0.75. Yep. And if, yeah. it, well, if it came down to it, where would you rather play a playoff game? If it's an NFC title game, where would you rather go? Would you rather have it at home at Levi Stadium, or do you want to go on the road to Seattle where they have <laughs> always had a home field advantage? And that, well, that could be determined by last night. Absolutely. I think the value of a tie is just as clear as the answer to that question. And let's be candid. Shanahan gets a lot of love. I can't assess how great he is schematically with the run game because he is from all accounts he's amazing maybe the best tactician in some ways in the NFL on the freaking planet that was a mistake it was a mistake game theory wise whatever psychology and some people might say oh let's get Jimmy G some confidence okay if Jimmy G got confidence from success then what's he getting from failure If the theory is Jimmy G doesn't have enough experience, then why not let him play it safe for a little while and then let him make his statement or at least attempt to five, six, seven games down the road? I'd rather him if there comes some playoff spot where they need one drive to win it. Jimmy G is now worse off because of the failure here. He can't be better off because if the success was going to make you feel good, confident, how doesn't failure do the opposite? So you made a bet prematurely, and it was a bad bet. 
That's the thing. It was a bad bat. Now, you could say, well, there's extenuating circumstances, so it wasn't really a bad bat. Except even those circumstances weren't necessarily good because if he's going to have to be in a tough spot when he had a horrible night, his QBR for the night was 19. That's not good. He had three turnovers, two fumbles. Why put your chips in the middle when you're drawing to a 30 percenter? That's effectively what Shanahan did. And I'm not going to try to tell Shanahan how to throw a screen pass, but let me tell you something. This was wrong from Shanahan and the 49ers, and the price is potentially significant. Imagine them not even getting a buy. Imagine them playing wild card weekend. Last word. All right, so two things, RJ. You said, you know, would he go back? Would he play for the tie? Or would he go back, like Jonas said, and go for that fourth and a few inches to get closer, run out the clock, kick the field goal, win the game? Yeah, if you're going to be aggressive. But but see, there I can understand being aggressive because you could still lose the game either way. When you're in a, a tie or win That is such the better situation Mm -hmm. than, let's say, a coin flip spot later. I think maybe be aggressive there. That's fine. If it's Robbie Gold, though, you go for it. If it's not, if it's a kid that's three for three and you're saying, well, we don't want to get in his psyche because he's three for three, let's throw him out there and win the game, and the kid missed it badly. Too much pressure. Yeah, and and again, to some degree, if a – Kicker's inexperienced on your team at minimum. You don't know how he responds to certain things. But to me, I don't get into those kind of decisions just because I know myself. People critique things I do, and they don't have any idea of all the particulars. I don't really know, right? What you can are saying makes a ton of sense. But what I know is a tie was so much more valuable than he treated it. That was a mistake. We'll see what happens. College football. Yep, tonight college football playoff rankings. We're going to tell you what you need to know Vegas style. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now here on FSR, we will have best bets as we take a look ahead to the week in the world of sports. Want to let you know we are brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone knows there are all different kinds of jobs out there. If you've got a today job, select free same-day store pickup. If you'd rather take care of the job tomorrow, you can order as late as 10 p.m. with free next-day delivery on AutoZone.com. Get in the zone. AutoZone. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. Two quick thoughts on the news. One, how great is the name Rocky Bardelli? (laughs) I mean, if I could have the name Rocky Bardelli, who knows where (laughs) I'd be. Brad, is there any name that you would just love to have? I like my own name. Wally Balls, it's my alias. (laughs) Nice. That's a nice (laughs) name. Number two, this Houston stuff, Astros. Baseball is going to tell us how much they care about this kind of thing. The reality is if it's compensation or if it's punishment, every organization will tell you what's important to them. If you're a salesman, they're going to tell you, is it number of sales? Is it volume in dollars? However they compensate. And if they don't want you to do something, it's based on the punishment. You're fired if you do this. But, oh, we're going to give you a talking to if you do that. We'll see what happens. I personally, to me, I just wonder why not just let the teams do whatever, right? Why not let them tape things? Why not let, I mean, if everyone's on an equal playing field, let's see who really wants it. All that said, if it's against the rules, let's see what happens. Okay, let's get to college football. Let's just take a quick minute 
on the Alabama-LSU game. Ken, you were down on Bama earlier in the year, whereas you didn't think they were as good as people thought. What did you see in the game? Tell you what, LSU's offense was clicking on all cylinders. I saw Alabama's defense, you know, bend and then break in big time change of momentum, just like last night's Seattle game with San Francisco when Clowney runs it in. When two is going in for what could be that first score, just fumbling on his own, kind of lets you know it could be a fluky day for Alabama at home. Yeah. So, Brad, you proposed a bat yesterday. So, succinctly tell us what the bat is. I am proposing that Alabama will not, will not win another national title under Nick Saban. And I'm willing to give plus money on that bet. What's the plus money? Four to one. Four to one. Four to one. And how many years, because what I need is a condition, whereas if it's if Saban coaches, and I'll just tell you what I need. I need three years. You got it. You give me three years and four to one. Yep. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. <laughs> when we come back, I'm going to tell you if I'm taking Brad's bet. Hint, hint, I probably am. Probably. I got to do a little back of the napkin. And best bet from these guys, both of them in college football, and a crossfire, they have a big disagreement. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. 
If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So it is the moment of truth here. Brad Powers threw it out to you, R.J. It was a bet on the future of Nick Saban and national championships at Alabama. What is your answer? Personally, I got no problem picking on the week. This was a weak proposition, so I'm going to pick on it. All right, let's talk about the amount. So here's the bet. Will Nick Saban win another national title as coach of Alabama? Yep. And if he retires or steps away, the bet's settled. If he, there's no, like, oh, he could come back. I want to give you that benefit. You're giving me four to one odds. Yep. And you're giving me three seasons. Yes. All right. So if he coaches only one more season, there's no bet. Two more seasons, there's no bet. Unless I win the title. It's a free roll yeah. at that point. Third season's a free roll. You didn't think of that, did you? No, I didn't. In the fourth season, you can start collecting, and you're paying me four to one? Uh-huh. I'm going to make this for 500 to win 2000 What do you think? Fair. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> That's 500, baby. What do you think, Jonas? <laughs> uh, what side do you like there? Uh, I like your side. Uh, Nick, oh. Sa- Nick Saban oh. always <laughs> look. He always he always seems to have a response, and uh, and unless he just decides that he wants to step away from Alabama for whatever reason, um, and and that's a better point. If Saban decides to retire before, then is the bet off? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, I see. My mind just instantly okay. sees all the angles. Right, I, unfortunately, I, that's why you know until I met my <laughs> wife, it was quite the struggle. But luckily, there was one for one there. Ken, which side do you like there? I like Bama too. I'm not going against Saban. However, whenever I'm on Saban, he does not deliver. <laughs> all right. They got the. Hey, listen. Brad probably has the bad end of that one, but he's got a best bet coming up. That's right. And we will get to Brad's best bet here in just one moment. Want to let you know we are brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone knows there are all different kinds of jobs out there. If you've got a today job, select free same day store pickup. If you'd rather take care of the job tomorrow, you can order as late as 10 p.m. with free next day delivery on AutoZone.com. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Best bet time for Brad Powers. You know something? If he hasn't won a title saving in three years, I will spend a half of this radio show just trying to get him to retire. (laughs) I'll hire a private investigator to look into things. Go, Brad. Best bet for me this week, Texas plus seven. And this is my early line mover best bet this week, Texas plus seven. I expect the line to close under seven. Here's why I like Texas, though. First, I got to ask RJ a question. What head coach do I really like? An up-and-comer that I thought should have gotten an Ohio State job. I can't, the dude from Iowa something, yeah. Matt Campbell something. Yeah, Matt Campbell. He's the head coach against— Never won more than eight games. <laughs> He's the head coach for Texas's opponent this week. Matt Campbell's figured out the Big 12. 67% against the spread against the Big 12 since he started. But he hasn't, Matt Campbell, figured out Texas. 0 for 0 and 3 against the spread. And his offense, Matt Campbell's offense that looks great against everybody in the Big 12, not against Texas, 23 points. Not— Per game, 23 combined points the last three years. And to me, Alpha Dog Texas, four- and five-star recruits, you're telling me they're getting a touchdown against three-star recruits in Iowa State? I think Texas plays with a chip on their shoulder. Give me the Longhorns plus seven. All right, so best bet, Brad Powers, Texas plus seven. 
And you give me the team that actually. So, so Ken, you actually like the other side. Of I this do. Game. So his best bet, you're crossfiring it. I am. I'm going. There you go, right there. I'm going with Brock Purdy and Iowa State. I like Brock Purdy. I like the way he went into Norman, Oklahoma, and it looked like Iowa State was going to get blown out. And a lot of people turned that game off, but I stayed and I watched that game. And I like the move by Matt Campbell to go for two, go for the win. What the heck? You're down 21. Now you got OU on the ropes in Norman. Didn't come through, didn't get it, but I love the way Purdy played. Solid five touchdown passes, ran for another. They'll be ready. This is their Super Bowl in Ames, Iowa. You know why? They've lost four games this year. Because they don't win any big games. Well, they could have won all four of the games that they <laughs> lost, all within one score and some heartbreakers. <laughs> Sounds like bad coaching. It could be, and then we'll find out this week. But I think they take care of business against a Texas team that unachieved this year big time, and Iowa State wins the game by 10 at Ames, Iowa. Quick rebuttal. Yeah, I mean, here's what I'll say. I mean, I'm starting to doubt Matt Campbell a little bit. Sooner or later, you got to win some of these games. Yes, thank I, I God. I get it. I mean, four of them. There's been four times. I mean, you could say, ah, oh, tough luck, coin flipping that. But sooner or later, you, you got to win one of these. They're not going to win one. This some week. people are winners, like Coach Day. Some are losers, <laughs> like Matt Campbell. So, you guys have a bet here. It's automatic when we disagree. Best bet, Brad Texas. Ken likes the other side with Mr. Campbell. Never won more than eight games. Well, speaking of Ken Thompson, it's now time for Ken's best bet. All right, let's go to uh, off the chart here a little bit. Wisconsin, pretty solid team, still has hopes alive in the Big Ten West. They need some help from Iowa this week, and then they'll have to take out Minnesota themselves. They are going to Lincoln, Nebraska, and they're going to take this team lightly. But look, Nebraska is still trying to get to a bowl game with Scott Frost. Six and six is what they need to get to. I think Martinez and the guys will be ready. Weather will be great. And something about Nebraska fan, that guy just doesn't give up. He's going to give Scott Frost another mulligan, but Nebraska will be ready. They may not win the game, but Spielman will have a good game, and they'll cover the 14-point spread at home in Lincoln against a Wisconsin team that doesn't put anybody away except Michigan. I'm a Frost fan. First of all, what he did out of Central Florida for those kids, wonderful thing, I think. And I don't think you can really judge a coach until his own recruits are playing. And we know the cupboard was pretty bare at Nebraska, right? It was. So how can we really judge yet, right? Like the kids he recruited are what now, sophomores? Yep. So come on. Next year, maybe we start being critical R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas. So best bet, Ken, Nebraska. Best bet, Nebraska, plus 14 against Wisconsin at home. Brad, your best bet. Texas, plus seven. Ken disagreed with that. They've got a crossfire bet. 30 seconds. This blew my mind from Brad Powers, all the college knowledge. LSU, amazing win. Shocker in a way. What would the line be if you were making it? Clemson, Clemson, LSU neutral. Clemson, a three-point favorite. Wow. I think that there might be 19 people in the country that would agree with that. Who would you bet there, Ken? I would take Clemson. I love the way the defense is playing. Minus three? Wow. 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 Imagine that, guys. As much love as LSU's got. Clemson is better. Vegas perspective says so. If you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com with multiple best bets and a crossfire. We are straight out of Vegas. We'll be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. And as always, the iHeartRadio app. Straight out of Vegas! I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. This season... 
We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.